0: Greetings, humans. You have entered the Command Zone, your destination for all aspects of Elder Dragon Highlander. Enjoy your stay.
1: How's it, everybody? Welcome to the latest episode of the Command Zone. I'm your host, Josh Lee Kwai. And I'm DJ. We are here today to discuss an article, <laughs> but it's from—it's an article from the godfather, I call him, of our format.
0: Oh, yeah. So Sheldon Mennery... Uh, He helped create the whole Commander format.
1: Yeah, he's one of the founding fathers. Important guy. Probably the single most important person to the creation of Commander.
0: Oh, yeah. Uh, So really important person came out with a super interesting article. And uh, it kind of created a little bit of a buzz in the Commander format. And that buzz extended over into the Command Zone office where Josh and I couldn't stop talking about Sheldon Menary's article.
1: Yeah, the article is called Commander Cards You Shouldn't Play and was basically exactly what it sounds like. It's a list of cards Sheldon thinks players should generally avoid putting in their decks. Uh, Yep, certainly sparked a lot of conversation. We're going to have some good discussion about it here today. The whole concept of the idea of are there cards you shouldn't play, specifically what did Sheldon put on his list, what might be on a similar list for DJ and I. A lot Mm -hmm. to go into, but before we get into all that you're gonna hear about a bunch of cards this episode that various people think you should not play, but (laughs) you might be like, "No, I like that card and I wanna buy it. And if you do, you could go to cardkingdom.com slash command zone and you can order your magic product, your singles, all the cards we're gonna talk about today, uh, anything at all. And when you use that affiliate link, you really are supporting this show, you're supporting game nights, you're supporting extra turns which, if you haven't heard, is our new gameplay series. If you haven't watched it, you should check it out. You're supporting all of our content, and you're just doing something you're already going to do, buy magic cards. Mm-hmm. And you just get thrown in, for free, as gravy, all of our content. And a big thank you also to UltraPro who supports, again, all of our content. You can find their products at your LGS, at online retailers like Card Kingdom. They have really cool Black Lotus-themed stuff that's uh, come out now. There's, like, playmats. Sleeves, deck boxes, dice bags, there's Mm. life counter notepads, there's a uh, cloth wall scroll. If you're on YouTube, you're looking at all the stuff right now, it's beautiful. You do want it to uh, spice up your game room, you know, just like the history of Manalia Scroll back there. And the last way to support the show is directly if you go to patreon.com slash command zone. In fact, we call out one lucky patron every single episode, and this episode is dedicated to... David David Kasten. Kasten. David You rock.
0: Thanks, David.
1: I want to say David uh, joined recently, so he's a recent addition to our Patreon. Big thanks to David and everybody else who joined recently. Maybe it was because of Extra Turns. That's a show we're trying to get off the ground and create more of, and if you liked it and want us to keep doing it, Patreon is a good way to encourage us to do so. Okay, main topic. Are there cards you should not play? So again, Sheldon Mennery, if you don't know who Sheldon Mennery is, let me just run it down really quick. He's basically the guy that popularized Commander. He's the person who really got it out there to the public, not necessarily the singular inventor of it, but the person who is has been the face of it for a very long time. Sheldon is on the rules committee. It, I guess it's possible that people play Commander and don't even really realize how it works. So of all the formats, modern legacy standard they're run by wizards of the coast wizards of the coast maintains the rules they maintain the ban list commander's not like that commander was a fan created format and it's run by a, what's called a rules committee the rc which is a small group of people that don't work at wizards actually i think wizards has like one person on the rules committee so that they can be involved in it but they they don't control it and they don't always know what the rules committee is going to do and they don't they can't tell the commander format, like bam, this card. They can suggest it and maybe hopefully convince them, but they don't have that level of control of the format. Sheldon's on the rules committee, so he is one of the people that is most responsible for what happens with our format. Not just bans, but they do rules changes too.
0: Yeah, that's right. We've had uh, different colors adding, adding mana to outside of your commander's color identity. Uh, we've had, I mean, Talk I rule. think people, yeah, I think people most focus on... The bands, but also the Tuck rule, like you said, Mulligans. Yeah, we went to the
1: Vancouver Mulligan, and you should be partial Paris.
0: Yeah, so a lot of a lot of maintaining of our format, um, and we can talk about. We don't want to need to talk about each one of those things, but they're definitely an important presence uh, for our game.
1: I mean, Sheldon's got to be one of the most important people for Commander just because of his voice on the Rules Committee. Also does write articles and speak often about Commander. And Sheldon also has a podcast. It's called Elder Dragon Statesman, where they discuss the Commander format. And if you're interested in listening to that podcast, you will be able to find the um, link in the show notes. And again, Sheldon is an important guy to the format, so listening to his stuff and reading his articles is going to give you a little bit of a look into his mind and how he thinks about the format and might give you a little look into where the format might go.
0: Yeah. And we have a little bit of a look into his mind too, with this most recent article uh, that he put out titled, you know, Commander Cards You Shouldn't Play. But talking about Sheldon, I also want to mention a little bit of background about him personally. Oh, right. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. So Sheldon recently had some health problems. He had to go in for surgery. And one thing that we want to let everyone know and Sheldon too, is that we really wish him a speedy recovery. I think it's, we're all behind him and we really want him to, to get better and keep doing what he's doing. If we are critical of something in this episode, we're critical of Sheldon's arguments not the man himself.
1: Listen, I've met Sheldon. He's a very nice guy. Also, He's we're all very... adults.
0: We can argue at like a, a thing, a, a good level. You know what I mean? I
1: wish him nothing but the best. Absolutely. And uh, you can tell DJ is going to disagree with him a little bit. <laughs> and I might even too, and I have been known to in the past. But Sheldon is a very smart guy, a very articulate guy. He has done great things. We would not be here without him. So we wish him the best. And I'm glad that his surgery yeah, uh, he seems well. to have yeah. gone well.
0: It's a long road to yeah. recovery, but uh, it seems to have gone really well. So we're happy for that.
1: Okay. So let's talk about the article here. Um, You've written down some stuff. DJ, (laughs) this article really hit you. So (laughs) I'm going to let you take it from here.
0: Okay. Well, actually, um, Sheldon Sheldon actually started off with this title. And I was like angry getting into it. I'm like, clicked really fast. You know, (laughs) cards you shouldn't play. Don't tell me what to do. And I clicked really fast (laughs) into this and started reading this article. And then he actually took a step back from his original title saying like, you know, it is a little bit clickbaity. Cards you shouldn't play. Uh, and so instead, it was more like a. Um, he reframed it, saying that these are cards that I don't play and you might want to consider not playing as well for the health of your play group.
1: You have a quote here. Do you want to read it?
0: Sure, I can read this. So that's kind of the the general nature of his stuff. But he did have some stuff going on, and this has to do with the ban list. The commander ban list is crafted differently than the ban list for all other formats. Those formats want the best possible tournament experience, balance, playability, watchability, and so forth. Commander's created to create the best possible social experience. So while a play style might not resonate with me or the rest of the rules committee, it might be just what you like we'd like to keep as many of those avenues open to you as possible. It bears repeating that while we on the Rules Committee have a concept of what makes the best kind of games for the broadest possible audience, we also have the idea that if a group is all on the same page, whatever kind of game that resonates with them is best.
1: So that is a direct quote from the article from Sheldon, just given his thinking, uh, which is basically something that Rules Committee echoes often, which is we have to do some stuff, but in general, the the format can take care of itself a little bit.
0: And I wholeheartedly agree with that. I think that playgroups can police themselves with open communication. And some of the things you've talked about on this podcast is how to talk to your playgroup, how to bridge those gaps in between decks or have these conversations. And I think that uh, that's the right approach. So a lot of what Sheldon says in this passage specifically resonates with me. Uh, part of the thing that doesn't really resonate with me is that, well, if you, if you ban in a different way, or if you control the game in a different way, but you recognize that people play the game differently, how do you ban it all? How do you manage it at all?
1: This is a very old argument because the rules committee has often stated things like Sheldon said, which is that it's way more art than science, that they're not banning things based on data, that they can't actually get the data, uh,
0: Oh, data can be gotten, Josh.
1: <laughs> no. Listen, okay. I don't really want to go down this particular road right here. Ban I
0: think, solemn simulacrum ban and burnished heart.
1: <laughs> okay, so well, let's let's talk about Sheldon's list first, and maybe we'll there'll be room for us to discuss some of those some of those things you're talking about. You did not make it off the table. <laughs> Fourth try is a charm. Okay, so yeah, let's just go down Sheldon's list. So he listed fourteen cards. We're not going to read what each card does. We'll we'll discuss sort of the... You fit them into broad categories. Yeah. They, they, he seems to sort of dislike certain types of effects. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is what Sheldon listed as the 14 cards that you should not play. That's not how we put it, though, actually. It's and really just 14 cards he doesn't like. He doesn't like, yeah. That he doesn't put in his decks.
0: And this is the order that he listed it in. I, I don't know why it's in a particular order or anything. So just, it's there.
1: Yeah. It, it, when I read the article, I didn't take it to mean like, the first one was the worst one and the last one was the, the least... Or any is use. it in alphabetical order? Uh, but, no. It, I, no, it is close. Oh, Look, it is.
0: Yeah, and this is the extra. Alphabetical okay. order. All right. Uh,
1: except for... <laughs> oh, yeah, the last one's an extra. That's what was wrong yeah. me. Okay. Sorry, here we go. Number one, Armageddon. Destroys all lands. Back to Basics. Also destroys a lot of lands. Grand Arbiter Augustine the uh, That's a tax commander. Stax commander. makes everybody have to pay more for their spells. Mindslaver, That steals uh, an opponent's turn. Palancron. That... Go, just combo Paradox Engine. We all know what that does. Seedborn <laughs> Muse. You should all know what Seedborn Muse does. Soren Markov. That sets a, a player's life total to 10. Stasis. That does that makes it so people can't untap. Static Orb. Also makes it so people can't untap. Thieves Auction. Confusing. <laughs> Winter Orb. That makes it so people can't untap. Lands. Wound Reflection. Does a lot of damage. That one's weird. Derevi. Untappy. Um, Gets around uh, Commander tax and Untap stuff. Yeah. Okay, so that's the list of 14 cards that Sheldon... I'm going to say that Sheldon says you shouldn't play, but that's not actually what he says in his article. He gives a bunch of caveats, and he basically says that's 14 cards he doesn't like and doesn't put in his decks.
0: Yeah. And And probably doesn't like like
1: it if you put it in your decks when you're playing him. Like, he's saying, I don't like this in my playgroup, kind of.
0: Or he feels like his playgroup is pretty healthy... And they don't use these cards, right? And so, if you find that these cards are a sticking point in your playgroup, you might want to exclude them.
1: Okay, so you kind of broke these down into little categories here, and then the, and let's talk about. I, I don't know, getting into the minutia of each card and arguing with Sheldon, like
0: probably not. You yeah. should
1: like this card because how are you going to convince somebody of that? But it's interesting to see what types of effects he tends to not like. And Is that also, a dare
0: can I tell him you should like this card? <laughs> you can. I <laughs> okay.
1: mean, uh. uh and he and Sheldon is on the rules committee so the fact that he doesn't like something is it's different than DJ not liking something or me not liking something or you out there not liking a particular card right like that's just the the reality of it he's one of only like four or five people that actually has a say when they go to be like what card should we ban Sheldon's sitting at the table when that happens i'm not there DJ's not there and you uh, you guys you're not there either so it there is a little bit to be said for the fact that he is who he is and therefore Th- these cards,
0: it, it matters that a little scares more. Scares me. Yeah,
1: we'll talk about that at the end. Yeah. Let's let's go through the um. Let's go through the list here. All so, right. So
0: the first thing that I've noticed is that mana restriction is a huge problem that he has with the cards in commander six of the 14 cards like armageddon back to basis grand arbiter stasis status orb winter orb all of those are mana restriction type cards
1: stacks type cards i mean armageddon and back to basics maybe not technically but Mm -hmm. definitely they make it hard to play the game and cast your spells they 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 attack your lands or the untapping of your lands yeah yeah
0: um and so that's a big part of the cards that he doesn't like to play josh do you play a lot of these cards no But i have
1: played a lot of these cards i don't either but
0: i have i have played them before too
1: i mean i've told that great story where somebody played winter orb and i just happened to have a tapper uh on board (laughs) and i could tap his winter orb and he didn't even know the errata which was like if it says if winter orb is untapped then you can't then you can only untap one land each turn so i could just tap it only before uh only after his turn so everybody else could untap but not him
0: oh my gosh i love it
1: yeah but anyway uh (laughs) but i've definitely played some of them but i don't play them often.
0: No, I don't so so I understand. Do you Sheldon play against, you play against them often? No, but I have for sure. Okay, yeah. Um, do you think they're a problem in our format?
1: No, not at all. Um, okay, but I am on record as saying, like, in general, I'll play at whatever meanness level you want to. That's true. If you want to play,
0: I've been on, I've been kind of that way too, where yeah. it's like, you want to play competitive? Let me go get the right deck.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I, I might like, I'll give up that one game and be like, okay, and then now. We're going to play, though, as if you have Winter Orb in all your decks, which mm-hmm. is totally fine if you want to do that. We, I was playing at PAX with somebody, and it was a fun game. And he was playing the Azuri, the um, the Simic Azuri. Claw of Progress. Yes. And it was a fun game, and I was playing my rune deck, and I had a couple cards in my hand that were kind of mean. And I just wasn't going to play them because it wasn't that kind of game. And he goes, Sage of Hours. And I was like, Oh. <laughs> all right oh it's
0: getting me yeah now. exactly
1: so then i'm like okay stop that combo and now i'll go ahead and play all the stuff i wasn't going to play because if you're willing to do that then you got to be willing to take it that's, that's right. kind of how i feel about these effects totally fine you want to armageddon but when i stop you now i get to be as mean as possible all the time that's that's <laughs> you made the rules not me
0: that's right uh okay and i i kind of feel the same way and uh i don't know it's just doesn't seem to bother me very much and a lot I don't of people lot. hate
1: that stuff though
0: Do they see it more often? Like maybe here's the thing. If one person loves these effects and they're just plaguing your playgroup, then yeah, maybe it does kind of become a problem and a card that like you need to have this discussion of like, look, I want to play magic. Stop destroying all my lands. I haven't cast a dinosaur in weeks. But like the odd Armageddon once in a while, it yeah, it doesn't make me mad at all. It's like, okay. Yeah, you got me. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Okay. That's fine. Uh, Um, What's the next category?
0: Next category is combo enablers. I got a quote, Josh. Okay. I got a quote. Is this from Sheldon? This is from Sheldon, yeah. Okay. The card that uh, he put this under was Palancron.
1: It's a good Uh, card, though.
0: Yeah, Palancron's a good card. Uh, Basically, it's a creature that when it enters the battlefield, you can untap up to seven lands and you can return it to your hand for four mana. So if you have a mana doubler, you can net one mana every time you play Colin Cron and bring it back, giving you infinite mana, infinite storm, infinite enter the battlefield effects. Any
1: amount of lands, a few lands that tap for more than one mana, basically go infinite with it. You need to
0: be able to double because you need to get to eight.
1: True, but you can get them land like with Market Festival or something on it that taps for four.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then yeah. all of a sudden,
1: like, or Guy's Cradle and stuff will... Guy's Cradle's a good Yeah, Cabal Coffers and things like that. Mana Doublers, I guess you're counting that, but Sarah's yeah. Sanctum, things like that can do it because all you need is it untaps seven lands. If the seven lands
0: create
1: 14 nine mana. I think you... Yeah.
0: Four to return, seven to cast. So, that's 11, so you need that's to get 12.
1: 12 mana out of your seven lands. It's not that hard to do, honestly.
0: Yeah. Um, okay. This is a quote that Sheldon said after Palancron. Anytime I see lands untapping on a card, I get a squiggly feeling in the pit of my stomach because it seems like infinite combos aren't far behind.
1: So what cards on the list are in the combo category, do you think?
0: Uh, I, well, it was because that's what he said it yeah. under. I feel like Paradox Engine is not just a value card. It is part of this
1: oh it's a combo card for it's sure a combo
0: card and then also mind slaver because i read Mindslaver in his list as a Mindslaver lock not a not a one-off effect
1: i mean recurring there's maybe it. only less than a handful of times i've ever seen a mind slaver used only once in a game whenever somebody plays it almost always they're recurring it and infinitely playing it or yeah mind and one of the value? games was
0: against you <laughs> I only played it once because you you played it once and took my turn and I still won. But that's very rare. I did have you kill someone else. So (laughs) I could sneak by and get second place,
1: (laughs) (laughs) but that's very rare. Usually some mindslaver hits the table. They're taking all your turns. Usually. Yeah. Um, Okay. Yeah. Does, uh, does combos make you feel squicky, DJ.
0: Uh, No, I, I don't play combos in a lot of decks, but I like combos. I have a deck where I crammed as many combos in it as possible. I used
1: to play a lot of combos, and I play less now. And if you build good decks with good synergy, sometimes you just stumble across them when you're playing. And it's like, well, these four cards, they... I'm not going to not do it, right? Because that's just insulting to everybody at the table. But in general, I don't build my decks to try and combo off. I don't like like stormy-type combos, ones that like take a long time and a lot of intricacy on the part of the person, and you're basically like sitting there watching them figure it out. That's not my favorite. That gives me a squicky feeling, I guess, from a different for a different reason it's not because i'm losing it's just because okay yeah i know it's storm and is it gonna work like <laughs> please yeah. tell me i'm dead because don't make <laughs> me go through all this and then it doesn't work
0: that would yeah that would be miserable um, uh, but that has to do more along the lines of a play experience just a infinite palincron i have infinite mana you need something else it's not too hard to find something else but that won't
1: just win you need another piece right yeah, yeah. you do
0: and uh, it's i mean you need to get up to that 12 mana by having something put together to get up there. I feel like that's not a degenerate combo. Like wouldn't kiki-jiki just be higher up on the list of degenerate things you can do?
1: Maybe, but it's so specific that. Yeah, I don't know. Palancron kind of you'll see it in a lot of different decks doing its thing and then
0: But you need you need Palancron. You either need a bunch of mana. I mean
1: No, you're going to get a bunch of mana.
0: Well, you need to get up to that that amount of mana in your seven lands and you need a mana doubler and then you, or a mana doubler or something else to generate that extra mana. Or, and then you need something to go off with it. Sort of that. Sometimes that can
1: just be like a lot of cards though. It's true. So, and maybe haste, but maybe not even haste. Like a lot of times just enough spells will just do it. Mm -hmm. Um, Paradox Engine, obviously. Paradox Engine is a funny one, right? Because it is objectively insanely powerful and probably the most powerful card for our format that's come out at least in the last few years and yet i have not seen it that much i've definitely seen it but people caught on really fast to like well this isn't very fun and just haven't played it that much and uh, every once in a while it comes out and you're like oh and you do lose to it but it's just not that big a deal because it's not happening a lot
0: i have a lot i mean i don't auto include it in every deck i have it in an artifact matters deck right
1: but you could put it in a lot of decks probably that you'd haven't just yeah. because eh, why why like, I've won that way, and then it's like, do I want to keep doing it? I mean, I think I used it on Game Nights once. and It's
0: not in my Solvala deck, and that's all about tapping would be and untapping Solvalla. Deck, yeah. yeah, like, it just generates a bunch of mana, and it's But not you're like, there. yeah,
1: that deck's fine. I don't need it.
0: Yeah. So it's
1: kind of going ar- along with what Sheldon's saying, which is, like, he just doesn't like that card and the effect and the but type he, of games that it But he that says
0: that, like, combos, whenever you're untapping lands, combos aren't far behind. Yeah. So it's not the untapping the lands party has a problem with. It's the following combo.
1: Yeah, maybe. I guess so sure.
0: Is it just like a general thing like he doesn't like combo?
1: I maybe he just doesn't like cards that make combo kind of easy, which Paradox Engine does. Palancron also does. Uh is a, a weird one. I don't know if I'd even put it in the combo category or even though you're right, it does combo. It's not a great play experience in to like one person just stops But it playing. is a, but
0: it's a combo uh- you're right. No. In a multiplayer setting, I agree with that, that you basically shut down the other opponent. But essentially... I mean, if it if it couldn't be
1: recurrable, taking one turn from somebody, totally fine, and could be kind of fun and funny for everybody. The fact that you're like, no, you don't get any more turns, that's the part that like... That's,
0: that's the same... In my mind, that's the same as uh, Kiki Jiki's Splinter Twin. No. Thing where it's just like, no, you've you've now died. I've True, Mindslaver but locked but that game's too. over
1: in that one. In the other one, I gotta sit there while you do the thing, and everybody's gotta be like, well... Because you can't always just, like, sometimes you look at their hand, and you're like, well, I can cast three creatures. What's that do? You know what I mean?
0: So you, would, you wouldn't you would concede at sorcery speed or whatever? Well, I mean, we can well, talk about that later. The, but, it depends
1: on how it goes, but yeah. But
0: you wouldn't just, like, I've now locked you out of the game. You don't just say, like, good game. yeah it's dep- Fine game, sir. And I then- mean,
1: often you do, but it depends because you're in a multiplayer setting. There might be chances for other players to do stuff. But they might, like, let you get, like, see hey, what goes on with your turns before they do it, too. I've been in games where they're like, I could stop this, but let's see what he does with your turns here. And now I got to sit there, <laughs> you know. And then the other player goes, okay, fine, X, Y, Z, you know. It's just, it's not the same as Kiki Jiki, where you're just like, okay, we're dead? All right, we're dead. There's a little bit of, like.
0: There is a little bit of, I feel like there's a little bit of of play there. In
1: one-on-one, it's definitely like, I'm dead. But, but in multiplayer, in multiplayer there are you, times. So
0: you're the one that does say, like, yeah, kill me. It'll be, sometimes two, against, you it'll look, be two against one now. Yeah, kill the, and sometimes kill you look
1: at your hand, too, and you're like, mm, I don't know. It's not, you know what I mean? Like, it's not cut and dry. You're not, let me see what you do first, you know? Yeah, I don't like just, like, we had a, a guy in our play group, and he did play Armageddon, and he basically had this deck where he'd, like, get a Lumog out and Armageddon you. And I was totally fine with it. But he would, like, expect everybody to concede. He would, like, show the Armageddon, like, hey, you guys want to shuffle up? And I'd be like, no, screw that. Kill us. Because there was a number of times where I'm like, play a land, sword's your Ulamog. Go. And it's like, okay, I play a land. Okay, I play a land. Okay, I play a land. This is the game you put us in, man. Mm -hmm. There was a game where I went, Meekstone, go. Listen, you don't get to just show the card (laughs) and win the game. You got to win the game. And Mindslaver has a little bit of that play to it. Which is annoying, but I'm just not going to concede to you for that.
0: So do you, are are you the kind of person that plays an infinite mind slaver or are you just no, like, no. I've never
1: done it in my life uh, in modern or something, but in, in uh, just because I don't find it fun and I don't think it's fun for the other person. Mm-hmm. I'll play an Ember cool because that's one turn. Yeah. I'll take your one turn.
0: And then they get a turn right afterwards. Too. And a lot
1: of times you just go, okay, do some stuff and it kind of messed you up and they go, yep. And then they're still in it, you know?
0: So, okay. Moving on to the next thing. So so just to sum that up. Yeah. Uh Palancron I don't like the idea that like the combo aspect is fine. We bring up you bring up the other idea of of basically that Mindslaver is a little bit different than the other ones because it's not it's it has to do with the multiplayer aspect of it. That you essentially have a combo that can only target one person or that only that doesn't really work for that one person or something like that.
1: And I want to be clear. I'm not saying don't do the Mind Slaver lock. Don't play Palancron, Don't play Paradox Engine. I just don't. But it's totally fine. Like you I don't said,
0: Palenchron? Not
1: really. I have play. I mean, maybe I have like a deck in it.
0: I like Palancron. Yeah,
1: it's great. It's great. It feels to like Paradox Engine to me though. Once I I did it a couple times, I was like, yeah, and I could do that. But eh, it's just I don't. I'm not see. Big on... I don't
0: see what the distinction is between these combos and uh, yeah. Mike and Trike or yeah, sure. uh, just basically the card Tooth and Nail. Are all of them in the same category for you or all of them bad or all of them? I don't cards think any of them you are bad. That's,
1: that's what I'm saying. Sorry. That was a bad. Yeah, that was a bad it's word. It's the Sage of Hours thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, we're playing that game. Totally fine. Totally fine. I'm totally fine. That's the game we're playing. That's cool. If you're if you're going to tooth and nail for the win, totally fine. I am it doesn't make me mad at all. You don't also get to get mad at me now when I play mean, though. That's all I'm saying.
0: Do you like playing mean every so often? Yeah, I love it. Okay. But so, I just don't so, get
1: to that much because... And I love playing <laughs> yeah. for fun, too. Like, I'm happy. Whatever. You tell me which one you want to do, and I'm ha- going to be happy to do either.
0: So but, you don't get a squicky feeling. Nah. You get, a, you get a, all right, we want to make sure our decks are balanced. And if you've got, you know, the I win in there, I want to make sure that I got that, too, so we can actually play. I
1: know. I play with you, and you're the same way. I don't... You don't combo off when it's not that type of game at all.
0: Oh, yeah, no. If it... If I feel if I feel like the tone of the game is a little bit different like I just won't combo off like all and you far- don't
1: pull out your mean deck first no yeah, yeah. so yeah okay. and I think Sheldon I don't know I don't know if he has mean decks or whatever if he how he feels about that other part you know we're reading a lot into his article so I don't want to like equate I don't want to pretend we're saying Sheldon's saying exactly this because we don't know
0: he gets sque- he gets a squeaky feeling in the pit of his stomach because it seems like infinite combos aren't far behind
1: so it feels like he doesn't like infinite combos
0: I think it re- I'm reading it just like that. That he's like, nope, infinite combos. <laughs> Squig—that's that's, that's the hate. sound of squiggy. I mean, okay, uh, okay.
1: This next one's pretty funny.
0: Yeah, I actually, I actually kind of agree with this. Uh, frustrating to resolve. So that's I the next tried find- <laughs> category of cards. There's yeah. really
1: only one card. There's out only of one card
0: in this that's thieves auction, and that's the one I was like, what? I don't understand why it's it doesn't fit with the other stuff. But then I realized, like, yeah, it's just annoying to play with. Thieves auction is frustrating to resolve. Do you want me to just... You don't have to look it up. I can just explain it. Basically, everyone takes all their stuff and throws it in the middle. And it's almost like a draft. Like you're picking dodgeball teams. You go around and you pick something and everyone picks something. Yeah, and it's you like end you up go, with all, you go, you
1: go, you go. All sorts then, of other
0: people's stuff. It is it is frustrating to resolve and annoying to figure out where your stuff is afterwards. Uh,
1: I was going to read the exact wording because the wording makes it a little confusing too. But... It does, yeah. Yeah. It's It just takes a long time and... <laughs> But at the end of it, like everyone's just like, okay,
0: we shuffled around some permanents,
1: yeah, and it feels like, well, nobody has any plan. It's just like what do we end up with, and yeah, <laughs> and
0: and someone at the table is like, it's chaos, guys. Yeah, <laughs> um, I actually have a card that's way more powerful than this, but I don't play because it is annoying to resolve, and that's Lim Vault. Yeah. So you look at the top five cards, you can rearrange them in any way, or you can pay a life and put those to the bottom and look at the next next five five. cards. So you can't just find what you want and and put it on top of your deck.
1: It sounds worse than a tutor, but in some ways it can be better because you're looking at five cards. So you can kind of find a a grouping of five that has two or three cards that you really like. Exactly. Pay
0: five life, get 25 cards deep into your deck and find the best grouping that you want and then arrange those exactly how you want it. It's... It's a very powerful card.
1: C-E-D-H, you'll see it quite a bit. The 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 problem is just the amount of time that it takes.
0: And you have to do, you, there's no shortcutting it. And because you can
1: get like a hand, or, or sorry, I'm calling it a hand, uh, a, a grouping of five cards that's like, it's pretty good, but I could maybe do better. There's a lot of thinking involved where people just stare at the five cards and like stare off into the air and they go in that beautiful mind mode for like a long time. And then they go, okay, I'm going to put it on the bottom. And then am going to pay it a life. Choose it, And then they go again. And then you got to order the cards you once order. you choose it. It usually takes, you can count on like five minutes if somebody counts, <laughs> which is a long time. It's just, there's just, no fast yeah. way to
0: do it. Like we, we top. we all play top Yeah. and we play top responsibly. I yeah. think I don't feel like you slow top down at all. Uh, I feel like you're not bothered when I play a top, it's just like top, you know, nothing. This one, you kind of have to wait and you kind of have to go through all of the motions and it's annoying. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Uh, his next category, or you, you put these into categories. He yeah, didn't, I, yeah, is, yeah. Um, yeah, I'd like to have your question mark. It's too much damage too quickly. So there's two cards, Soren Markov and Wound Reflection that are on the list. These two are a little bit head scratchers for me because I don't think they're real big problems at all. Yeah. Again, Soren Markov is the Planeswalker that sets an opponent's life total to 10. So it just deals 30 damage or more if they aren't playing a Laura or something. And Wound Reflection is an enchantment that says at the end of each turn, uh, your opponents take damage equal to the amount of damage they took that turn. So if you attack them for 10 and then pass the turn on the end step, they're going to take 10 more from wound reflection.
0: Your it's really wounds, good. Your wounds are like reflected back on you. It's like, oh, I've been stabbed. Ah, oh, I've been stabbed twice.
1: It's really good in Vile Smasher. Do
0: you know what's really good? I think that Sheldon one time had wound reflection out and someone Soren Markov'd him down to 10. And then at the end of the <laughs> take turn, another 30. he lost another 30. <laughs> <laughs> he just
1: auto lost to it and was like, I hate those cards. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Banned. <laughs>
1: Um, yeah, I don't know. I Wound Reflection is, like, not even on my radar as a card that I...
0: I love Wound Reflection. I think it's fun.
1: I just mean not on my radar as a card I'm worried about in any way. It's great. Yeah, it's totally fine. It's, it's like, super fair. Yeah. Yeah, I don't... That one I don't get. Soren Markov is a card that people have complained about for years. It kind of... It's like Sarah Ascendant. Mm-hmm. How it feels like it breaks the rules of the format in a weird way, even though... Because... In a 20 life game, it's setting your life total in half. Mm -hmm. In ours, it's taking 75% of your life total away. So it feels like it's like unbalanced.
0: It's powerful. Is that do you see it in I mean, if we're limiting things on power level, like does it do you see it often? Is it in our most competitive decks? No. It's not. No. And and it's not even that
1: powerful, honestly. It's it reads more powerful than it is.
0: So obviously it's not for power reasons per se. Is it the feel-bad reasons? Like, people don't like it, so don't play it?
1: Sure. I don't know.
0: I think there's a lot of cards that feel bad. Yeah.
1: I don't know. I Yeah. this That card's just not a problem to me. I've been hit by it many times. I'm like, okay, I'm at Tons 10. Tons of times. I'm not dead yet, and I've won games where they, people have put me to 10. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then the last two you put under a category you called Too Much Value, and you put Derevi and Seedborn Muse here. Now, everybody knew... Oh my Lord, what I happens? don't think what I've
0: happens? ever screwed up that badly throwing a paper. It made it and off I screw the table up all the time. It made it off the table. <laughs> <laughs> Case in point, <laughs> the only goal is to throw it. I no, my goal is to get it to do cool floats and flippies.
1: Well, that was a cool float and flippy. Yeah. Okay, so. Different, Muse. different
0: people can play the throw-off-the-paper game in different ways, Josh. Sure, sure. Every way to play the game ways is... Ways you shouldn't <laughs> throw the paper.
1: <laughs> Any way that makes it so it stays on the table at the end of it. Uh, okay. So Seedborn Muse, let's talk about this one really quick. I mean, it's super powerful. It's... I put it in a lot of decks. It... Yeah. It's half of profit of Krufix-ish. Yeah, ish I don't know. It seems totally fair again because... You need another piece to make it really good.
0: So many of these are, I feel like when you play something and you can't answer it, that's the part that feels bad. And so many of these are seven mana, five mana, six mana. It's like, don't you you have answers at this point in time? Like, aren't we having interactive game where, like, you can kill a Seedborn Muse? Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've definitely won games where other people had Seaboard Muses too. It's not so. I, there's definitely been games they play it, untap on somebody's turn, and they just don't have enough instant speed stuff to really take that much advantage of it. And then they get they get it for a couple turns, but that doesn't win them the game. Now there are games where they've got Valkenori, they've got some kind of mana sync type stuff, and they run away with it.
0: So it gives them a ton of mana and and whatever other cool stuff they have on the battlefield. Unlike Palincron or they something. Need other things.
1: It gives you mana at an awkward time too, right? It gives it to you only on your opponent's turns. that extra mana. And that can be great, but it's not always great.
0: So you need a lot of cards. You need a synergy to make it work. And to me, that's fine. You that's can just, build synergistic decks that do crazy awesome things. It that's just, just what happens. we call a
1: card in Commander, right? Like, hey, it does synergistic things. <laughs> Isn't that what you want your deck to do? I mean, undoubtedly very powerful. I
0: know many cards that just win the game... Like, from this stage. You know what I mean? Like, five mana, and then you need other stuff to do? Well, guess what? Five mana and other stuff to do can just win the game. Okay, So, so generating value doesn't, doesn't seem to be something that offends me.
1: So do you want to talk about Derevi?
0: I also don't have a problem with Derevi.
1: It, it used to be a very powerful commander. Um It's powerful. Yeah, because it, it has an activated ability you can activate from the command zone that puts it into play. And when it comes into play, it will tap or untap something right and because the activated ability has like a static cost that doesn't interact with commander tax and so derevi just kind of always can come out is four mana Mm -hmm. and so there's some interesting things you can do and because it's a twiddle on a stick you can combo a little bit with it also it's pretty good at just like coming out and chump blocking over and over at certain points in the game because there's nothing people could do, and I've had games when I used to have my Derevi deck, took it apart a while ago. But where it's like, oh, I attack you, Josh. Okay, I bring Derevi and I block back to the command zone. Next person, I attack you, Josh. Yep, bring Derevi back out, block because it's just like turn 12 and I got 15 mana.
0: Yeah, or or you know, I bring it out and block, and oh, you're probably gonna attack me next turn. I'll or tap, tap that, that thing. down, or yeah. you know, whatever. something Before like combat, that. Yeah. I'll, ta- I'll yeah, bring it tap Yeah, that tap your down. Thing. This thing's there to block and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's good, and uh, also when you have a team of little guys that come in and and do stuff you can kind of untap your lands but i mean sort of feast and famine is a powerful effect that kind of untaps all your lands it does untap other things seedborn muse is that same kind of untappy
1: well he to be fair he put the same two I things know. on the list so he yeah
0: <laughs> i mean yeah like so is this just another reiteration of the argument of seedborn muse i don't find a problem with it
1: i mean The list is Sheldon's cards, right? And we're going to talk about in a second some cards we don't like, and some of our cards aren't on his list, and that's totally fine, right? Everyone's going to have their cards. I actually had trouble coming up with a list because I don't have a lot of cards I don't like, but we had to for the episode. Mm -hmm. But everybody has certain cards they don't like or whatever you
0: don't like, but you just don't play. You're like this isn't this isn't what makes the play experience good for me. Yeah, and in the end, that's what Sheldon ended up saying. It's like this isn't a good play experience for me, Uh, and. So that's misleading when you hear the cards you shouldn't play.
1: That's true. That's what I wanted to say. What do we think about the whole idea of like a list of cards that you're telling other people they shouldn't play, even though that's not exactly what Sheldon was doing? But I don't think that's what we're about to do either. No. We're commenting on why we don't play cards or do, but that doesn't matter. It matters what you want to do, what you find fun. But it is sort of, there's this weird feedback loop it's weird
0: because of where it comes from right
1: well no i was gonna say there's a weird feedback loop where like some of your fun is predicated on other people having fun whether you like Uh, it or not especially if you're in a play group if you played an lgs or something maybe not as much but if
0: if you (laughs) if you're a stranger josh doesn't care if you have fun he just wants to crush you no
1: that i mean yeah (laughs) I would say for other people, though, it's less of a factor than if you're Mm. playing with like your close friends and like also like you want to get invited back and oh yeah things like that. That's just the reality of how the world works, right? So on some level, I might be fine with Armageddon. I don't put it in a bunch of decks because people don't tend to like to play against it. And like I want people I'm playing with to have fun, too, because I want to have commander knights and play commander. And if they're like
0: commander sucks because it's no fun, we won't do it. I can't play my spells. I want to play spells. Yeah. Yeah. We just talked about my favorite deck and it's one that lets people play magic. It kind of facilitates playing, uh, even more so than a normal commander deck.
1: Yeah. So what do you think about this whole idea of listing cards that other people quote unquote shouldn't play? I mean, are we using it as a platform just to sort of suggest to people like, Hey, think about this type of stuff.
0: I think that, that when you get into the depths of Sheldon's article, yeah, that's what he's trying to do. He's like, think about these things and that's good. I think that's positive. To to be very critical of the cards you're playing in your deck and what you're introducing to your playgroup. That's something that everyone should, should pay attention to. Uh, the idea of cards you shouldn't play, oh man, it just drives me crazy because it's like, do you know me? Like... Do you know that, like, I'm playing this wrong or that I'm pub stomping, like, people with pre-cons? Like, do you know my playgroup? Do you know the way that we do things? Like, why are you assuming that you can tell me how to play this game?
1: I see a lot of that out there online. And it, honestly, it's it's you wouldn't think it would be this way, but it's usually casuals towards the competitive crowd. The competitive crowd, by and large, usually understands what the casuals are doing and they just don't want to do it. But they don't make fun of them or ridicule them for it. But I do see a lot of casuals that ridicule the competitive EDH people. Hard. Yeah, and, and, and try and shame them or whatever. And, you know, that's kind of a similar thing, right? Like, I don't like that. We've always said on the show, I don't want to ever tell you what cards to play. I I don't ever want to tell you what you find fun.
0: Do you know what that's that's kind of happened to me before? Uh, story time. Like I have some really janky decks. Like you know this. Like I have some decks that try to do Rube Goldberg machines, right. like crazy stuff. And sometimes to pull off crazy stuff. I need tutors to put it together and I feel like my deck is not very powerful. And so the tutors are just there to bring it up to the baseline, right? just there to bring it up to like, can this actually perform? And I've played tutors before and they're like, oh, you're the kind of person that plays demonic tutor. And it's, do you know what I mean? Like, and it's like, they're shaming me for the card that I'm playing. And I'm like, no, you don't get it. Like, come on. Like, what do you?
1: It's a hard thing, right? that's the biggest one of the biggest hurdles for our format is just that level of communication everybody being you know i don't know being an adult about it and having open communication and everybody feeling like everything's on the up and up and nobody like sort of needling each other but trying to act just like mature people and be like okay you know maybe your deck is a little strong maybe mine was too strong i've definitely said that after games so I'm like uh mm-hmm. sorry i i thought my deck was probably my deck's probably too strong it w- probably wasn't the right pick i'm really sorry yeah. I'm going to tone it down now. You know, I'll do my best here.
0: And I've had people do that before games yeah. start. It was in Vegas. Narset guy says, I only brought Narset because I was at the commander, uh big event thing. And um, it's good. And we're like, sit on down. We'll target you. And he's like, great. Yeah. And, and he won very quickly,
1: but everybody knew what was going to happen in and that game. What was possible?
0: No one was angry. Yeah. Everyone was like, you did the Norset thing, good for you. And he's like, yep, I just wanted to play. Cool. And then that was it. Like, we just chilled and kept playing, and it was fine.
1: For our new show, Extra Turns, which if you haven't checked it checked it, checked it out, this is just good English. If you haven't seen it, it's uh, sort of our our sort of new take on Commander gameplay. It's, it's a spin off of Game Nights. We're hoping it'll be a little bit simpler to produce uh, if we keep doing it. So the funny thing about that game, and I won't spoil how it ends, but... It was when Wedge and the Professor were here for, we shot a couple of Game Nights episodes with them a long time ago, a number of months ago. And one of the games, the Shadowborn Apostle game, that shoot went really fast. That game went pretty fast, and they'd already, it was our second day, and they knew the process, and Wedge and the Professor got through their interviews super fast. And Jimmy and I were like, we can shoot our interviews tomorrow. What if we shot a game with no interviews for this show concept we have? I didn't even have the name Extra Turns then. And we go, okay, let's let's play another game. And Wedge and the Professor only had the decks they had brought, which were the Sig River Guide deck and the Ruhan of the Famori deck. And so they were going to play the same decks. And Jimmy and I were like, well, we don't want to play the same decks because it'll be weird. We already did that show. Mm-hmm. But we weren't planning on doing this at the start of the day. So we like looked around, and I was like, the only deck I had was my Vile Smasher Thrasios deck, and Jimmy had his Gishoth deck. And I was like, guys, the Vile Smasher deck is it's pretty strong. It's stronger than the other decks here. And they were like, that's okay. We know that you know, let's just play the game. And as long as everybody knows, nobody gets mad about that kind of stuff. And Whereas, hopefully
0: the play group can correct for it too. Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. And so, and you'll you'll see that game is very, very close, even though my deck is stronger than theirs. Because going into the game, they know and they can correct for that. And, you know, the game's actually pretty sweet. Okay, so... Watch extra turns. This is, you, you. we have written down here, but Sheldon is on the rules committee. This is a worry that you had. And a lot of people expressed this Uh, when the article came out, which was this idea that like, listen, and we talked about it earlier. If I say I don't like a card or you say you don't like a card or any random person does, it means one thing. But if Sheldon says it, it means something else because he is sitting at the table when they decide what gets banned.
0: When you're in a position of power, like, do you, do you sort of share your opinions so openly about it? And like, it makes me very worried about his, his mindset and how he's approaching rules and how he's approaching commander
1: are you worried he's going to ban wound reflection
0: no because uh, the other there are sensible people on the rules committee he'll be he'll be shouted down because no reasonable person will ban wound reflection
1: what about palancron
0: he shouldn't but
1: but a reasonable person could get closer to banning palancron than wound reflection right
0: See, that's why I'm worried. Yeah, that's what I'm
1: saying. I'm, I'm pointing out your, I mean, I'm helping you with your point here.
0: Yeah, like when one quarter or 20% or whatever, because it's fluctuated, right? It's been four. Sometimes it's four, it's sometimes it's five. Big. I don't
1: think it's ever been six, but maybe.
0: It's I, not a big group. Yeah. When a sizable portion is like, these are the cards I don't like, like all it needs is one other ridiculous person to change their mind. And then suddenly it's changed my format.
1: Ridiculous person.
0: I shouldn't include ad hominem attacks. <laughs> <laughs> Some person that is that has this, I don't know. I don't know what it is, what this... This was the part, and you got
1: worked up about when we were talking about before. Like, it, I think if this article had been written by almost anybody else besides Toby Elliott or one of the other people that's on the Rules Committee, yeah. you wouldn't have probably gotten as worked up. But it worries you because he does have a say.
0: Yeah. And it's funny because I've been he on He has this a say sh- and it means enough to him that he puts an article out there.
1: Well, I mean, Sheldon writes articles about Commander... He gets paid to do it. He has to write an article about Commander sometimes. Yeah. He has to come up with a topic. It's like us and a show topic. It doesn't always mean that like, oh, this is the best topic that I've ever thought of in my life. It means this week we got to talk about something. And this could have been a topic like this. I have been on the show many times and I have been occasionally critical of the Rules Committee and of Sheldon. But I want to say that like, I actually have a lot more trust in them maybe than I used to. And It might just be because I've been around for a long time now. It might also be because I've met a bunch of them now. It also, I think their track record is actually pretty good. Not that I've agreed with 100% everything they've done, but I mean the track record of being pretty hands-off. They've shown a lot of restraint. They've shown... I used to, when I first started playing Commander, worry that they were tinkerers and they were going to always be messing with it. They haven't really done that.
0: The fact that Paradox Engine isn't banned, I think is a big sigh of relief for me, but I'm wondering if it's the other three and Sheldon is the one saying ban it.
1: No, I don't, I don't believe that. I don't know, but having spoken to Sheldon before and met the guy, I feel like he's a reasonable guy. He's a smart guy. He has thoughts about the format from a personal perspective, but he doesn't allow that to cloud his judgment about the format as a whole. They know they created something special. They know that it's bigger than them. These are all my feelings, right? This is not, I don't have like, I haven't actually had that same conversation with Sheldon, but you can look at their track record and they are, they are pretty loath to ban things. They, they do it, but they haven't done it a lot. They don't change a ton of stuff. They're not knee jerk.
0: I, I love it every time they don't do something. Yeah. What does that say about a group? But they don't do something a lot. And that's rare. That's, they don't do something all the time. When they do things, I don't agree with a lot of their logic and their explanation. I don't agree with their process. I don't agree with how limited everything is.
1: But there's not a great alternative to some of that stuff in some respect. But let's, you, you, let's,
0: Do you trust the rules committee more than Watsi?
1: <sighs> I think there's, I don't know. That's a tough question to answer because I think there's pros and cons to both. Watsi has to listen to us more because the rules committee can just do what they want and they don't really care if commander product doesn't sell or magic cards don't sell. And so our ability to affect the rules committee is in some ways less than Watsi's. Because if I'm mad at Watsi and enough of us are, we can just stop buying cards and they'll get that message and maybe backtrack or do something about it. We don't have that leverage against the rules committee. On the other hand, Watsi is motivated by something the rules committee is not, which is sales and numbers and a bunch of, you know, widget counters and some corporate accounting people at Hasbro. (laughs) And that's scary, too. That's not great either. And so I don't predict
0: that's predictable, though.
1: It can be maybe not. What if they go on hard times for some reason that's not related to Commander? Mm -hmm. That's something that's out of our control. But then they look over and they go, well, Commander, people could help us solve that problem if we just did X, Y, Z, created a couple cards that were way too powerful to sell some stuff or whatever. That is not necessarily predictable. It's not because of something that happened here. It's because of something that happened over here. They're a big company.
0: So, you think that the rules committee could be a good checks and balances on. I'm saying
1: it's not cut and dry. It's not easy. You can't just say yes or no. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying if you look at the rules committee, let's look at their track record, right? Mulligan rule.
0: I'm looking at their track record Mulligan from the rule. very beginning. Uh, okay. Mulligan rule. Uh, positive.
1: Change to rule whatever number that allowed the creation of mana positive. outside that your was color a silly identity. Thing okay. To begin with. Profit of crew fix ban. Fine. Fine. Tuck rule
0: fine not, I'm not that's like the last 4 years
1: and you can point to stuff that happened before that but they were in their youth then i mean
0: when you make mistakes in your youth you you fix them
1: and they did some of that they used to have band as commander that's true so what do you think about switching to only just band or not band
0: i actually i actually think that makes it simpler for people our our format needs to expand to more people so band as commander versus just band is totally fine
1: now we can look at the band list and you can quibble because you can say biorhythm, which I know you're going to say, which I'm going to say. And I totally agree with. It's, a, it's, a, it's perplexing. It, it makes no sense. Biorhythm, there's no way it should be banned.
0: but but when you when you like, like are you like not oh. in charge of that many things? And when biorhythm is just sitting there on the band list, like, what is going, what's going on in their mental process?
1: I think it's, let's do less. And taking something off the ban list is doing stuff. But
0: they did Protean Hulk off the ban list. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, I believe, I have no knowledge. I have no insider knowledge. Okay. Right? I don't know this for a fact. Speculation. This is speculation, but it makes sense to me. That was a Watsy request. That card came out in M25.
0: So Watsi okay, speculation. Yeah. But then if Watsy has that kind of power, does the it's Rules Committee a, actually serve their purpose if they fold to, to Watsi's That's not how request. the world works,
1: and we all know it. It's not yeah. like all or nothing. That's just not how things happen. They've probably requested them a million things, Oh, you know, maybe not a million, but they probably have requested them many, many things. And the rules committee is probably like, no, 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 no. Guys, hey, guess what? We can't say no forever. They're wizards of the coast.
0: I hate that we there's have no to transparency play ball. that we have to guess.
1: We have to play ball with them sometimes because they make the game. And if they want to grab commander from us, they probably can. And so we have to play nice sometimes. They could. That is the way. If anybody who's been involved in politics or business in any way knows that's the way the world works. And so I could easily see them going like, let's do this. Let's. Protein hoax, not that bad. Let's unban it. That'll make them happy. We've played ball. And then the next time they come to us with something we really don't want to do, we don't feel that pressure because we just did something for you. Listen, this is all speculation. But this is just the way that being an adult human being that's running an important thing works. Like, you got to – yeah. And so, I, I, I don't know. Protein hole coming off is not that bad.
0: No, I don't think it's that bad either. So and I like, both agree with we've that. We've named six or seven things, and and they've all been yeah. It's pretty good. But it's it's the it's not understanding how they do I'm stuff.
1: Here, defending the rules committee. Okay, keep going.
0: It's how it's the reason why is because I don't understand what's going on. Yeah, there seems to be no transparency, yeah. uh, and some of their decisions don't seem to be based in actual logic or argument that can be followed. Which ones? That why is bio rhythm on the band list?
1: Okay. What other ones
0: do we need? Do you need more numbers? If you say a bunch of really normal things and then you spout crazy at me, I'm going to take into, I'm going to distrust you in all sorts of other ways. So even though I could pick other things that I don't like, why is there even, they are not in charge of very many things. Why is there even one thing that isn't the way it's supposed to be?
1: I just think it's pretty unrealistic to ask for a ruling body of something this big to not have done some things that you disagree with.
0: No, I mean, yeah.
1: But if they're 9 for 10 or 8 for 10, that's but pretty good.
0: But a lot of it's times... pretty good.
1: That's better than we're likely to hope for from most equivalent things.
0: I mean, I, I'm, I live in the real world as well. So I can say, you know what? Every... Everything's fine. I'm going to tiptoe around this issue and not deal with it anymore. You know, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with just saying, "All right, everything's fine." But and most of the time I don't think of the ban list. I don't get upset about this kind of stuff. But when we see something like this and I see into the mindset of the people and and hear stuff like, "You shouldn't play this," that brings up these feelings of, "Well, what else shouldn't I do?" And when someone has the power to do it, you take notice.
1: Yeah, I guess so. I wouldn't be worried. And part of it is because of the list itself, which all those cards have existed for a long time with the with the exception of Paradox Engine. It's mm-hmm. not like they're new and he hasn't seen it. If he wanted... To, it's No, not I like, don't think
0: any of these are getting... I don't think any yeah. of these are in danger of getting... That's
1: picked. what I mean. And so that whole article to me can be taken with a grain of salt as far as like, I feel like it was probably much more along the lines of I got to write an article about something. Yeah, I'll write about some cards I don't really like.
0: And then let's put a clickbaity title on it.
1: Yeah, because, you know... Just like everybody else, Sheldon wants to keep writing articles and get paid to do it. People gotta read the articles. I mean, we should be able to at least sympathize with that because we gotta I do totally, the similar yeah, thing no, for I podcasts, totally right? agree.
0: We we yeah. like it's a thing. I put a clickbaity title on a on a video and I get way more views, and then people are like, This is clickbait, and I'm like I don't
1: care. No. People <laughs> noticed. It was funny. We did, uh, I think it was around when Commander 2017 came out. Jimmy got on this kick of, like, let's try out some clickbaity titles and just see how things go, how it affects it. He was, like, in a scientific frame of mind and wanted to test it out. And people even noticed in the comments, like, what's with all the clickbaity titles? Did your numbers <laughs> go up? <laughs> uh, definitely it worked. <laughs> That's the thing about it. The views work. I don't think the, There's a reason
0: why BuzzFeed is a thing, right? Yeah, yeah.
1: The <laughs> the view count works, but again, if you're looking for duration of view of how long people are watching your stuff or consuming it, that it doesn't help you. It can hurt you and that you people will start to click and be like, That's not what this is actually about. I'm not I'm going away now where YouTube kind of has moved in favor of people of uh videos that people watch for a long time. That's true.
0: And so Josh yeah. is like, the commercials come at the beginning. <laughs> all I need is
1: clicks. Okay, so uh this is the part that maybe some of you have been waiting for where we're gonna talk about some cards we don't play. Again, I wanna emphasize, I don't care if you play these cards. I'm not trying to tell you not to play them. I don't play them because I don't find it fun when I play them. But mm-hmm. I don't I really don't mind that much there's a couple cards on here where if you played it all the time I might be like I might not want to play with you. And they're not powerful cards. They're annoying.
0: Uh, And (laughs) notice how we titled this section, Cards We Don't Play, Not Cards You Shouldn't Play. Right, exactly. Okay. Okay.
1: Um, Well, let's start with your number one because it's also on my list. Okay.
0: My number one is Iona Shield of Amira.
1: Yeah. So Iona is a big white flying angel that you target a player and that player... you pick a color. Oh, sorry. You pick a color and people can't cast spells of that color. Mm Um. Sorry, I feel just, like you target a player because usually you go, well, who is a monocolor deck? Let's just shut that deck off.
0: You really do shut off shut off a player like it is really targeted. And a lot of times the monocolor deck is at a disadvantage. And we know you, it
1: is from the data. Yeah,
0: and you just shut it down. It's like, yeah, you can't play Magic. I don't know. It feels like you're going after the little guy rather than going after what you should be going after. And I don't like that feeling.
1: I uh, have a funny story. So I was at a GP, and there, this thing happens at GPs. Probably happens to you too now. Where I'll go to the commander area, I'll start playing a game, but then this line starts to form because people want to play games against me. They want to beat me mostly to tell their friends that they beat that game nights guy, and he's not that good. But the, so people start, who's next? Who's next? And I get this sort of line that forms in my head of like, okay, these three people are next, mm-hmm. and then, but I can, and then I start warning people like, oh, I'm only gonna be here for two more hours, so you guys might not get in a game with me. So I don't know if you want to wait. So there's this guy and he had been waiting for like a couple hours, just standing around the table watching play to play. We get into the game, and I've got like my mono green titania deck at the time, and a couple other players are in it. And on like turn five, he Iona's naming green. And I'm like, Okay. I mean you win. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna scoop up my cards now and I'm gonna go play with those three guys that are waiting.
0: Was it worth your two hours though? But Josh, there's a chance. <laughs> Shouldn't you stay in that game? Because there's a chance that you can win? Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's the
1: same thing with Mindslaver, where you yeah. gotta sit there and watch them. Do you just sit yeah. there and watch them? I'm yeah. talking about in a play group, right? If somebody Mindslavers yeah. locks me in a GP and there's 20 people waiting to play with me, I'm gone.
0: You're you're okay, man. Yeah, you're cool. yeah. It's a totally different, <laughs> it's a different situation because
1: yeah, but I just always thought that was funny because I'm like, dude, waited two hours so he could Iona me on turn five. Uh, sure. He did,
0: he did kind of destroy it, Yeah, no, no, you I, I, I got wrecked. I got totally wrecked. He kicked my butt. That's totally fine. Like, I just, yeah, I don't. But I don't like it because, like, you. Well, I don't he want didn't to be, need to wreck you in that way. Like, get wrecked in a different way rather than just saying, like, okay, like, you just happened to bring this deck to the table and you got shut off.
1: And it's totally fine, but I don't like to be him. Playing the Iona, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like I wasn't really mad about it; I thought it was funny, and I just went and played another game. Right? I'm a GP; like it doesn't matter. I pick up my cards, yeah. and I'm in a game two seconds later. But I don't; it doesn't like it's it leaves this bad taste in my mouth when I play it because it's like, what did I do there? Like that's just I don't know; that's just not. It, I, I just don't find satisfaction. If there was it. a card,
0: yeah. if there was a card that cost eight mana and said I win the game, would you play it? No, not at all. I wouldn't play it either. Yeah, okay, there we go.
1: You don't play Lab <laughs> Maniac then? It costs way less than eight mana. Shots fired. Okay. Um, okay. Well, I'll do my number two, or I don't know. I didn't. Do you want put me to these, go again? I didn't put these in any particular order, so I didn't either. Okay, go ahead. You crossed one out.
0: Yeah, I was. It felt very similar to Iona, but this is. A, I've been I, thinking it's about not this. Similar. Just like you can't play the game because you brought a particular style of deck. It was Gattic Teague, where it's like, the, what style of deck is it that spells. has no. Huh? spells. They got like a lot I've, of like brainstorms like and a, and
1: all kinds of small stuff. No,
0: like if I got a... No, you can't... Oh, oh uh, or four. four yeah. yeah, you can't play in four play tons stuff of stuff like Chaos that. Chaos,
1: warp your go, go about my business.
0: Yeah, that's fine.
1: <laughs> then And it's non-creature, so big creatures can still be played. I know,
0: and I like that. Like, yeah. like oh, okay. It's like, I play creature decks and it's just this incidental hate against some decks. Yeah, some decks just like like have a really Wind big it pro- problem with it. a piece
1: of their deck, but they can get out of it.
0: Yeah, which is why I'm like... But what I said is like, it's the same talking points as Iona, just okay, not sure. as good.
1: Sure, 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 sure. So let
0: me talk about my real second choice, yeah, uh, which is Death Cloud, which is a very fun card, by the
1: way. Why don't you explain it really quick? Death
0: Cloud is X, black, black, black. Uh,
1: Destroy everything. <laughs>
0: uh, and for X, everyone... Let's see if I can get them all. Um,
1: they sacri- Loses X life, yep.
0: sacrifices X lands, yep. sacrifices X creatures, yep. and discards X cards.
1: Uh, the discard is really what puts it over the top, because it's just like what it ends up having most of the time is like is everyone... X is
0: how many extra turns of the game you have to go because of this card
1: well if they're good they did it with planeswalkers or something out but if they're not yeah. then it's just like oh so we're starting over now okay but with zero cards so top deck
0: exactly <laughs> and that's the difference between death cloud and like cataclysm or right. a lot of these other mana thing effects is that i would be okay with it if it wasn't for the discard. Yeah. The fact that you're starting off empty-handed, down on lands, no boards.
1: And it does feel weird when it's like, I I scoop? But I, it's hard to scoop because nobody else has anything. But it's like, uh, do I really want to play this game where it's like, a uh, top deck, not a land I think go. if they
0: got a lot of planeswalkers, like if three planeswalkers, it's totally pretty fine. easy to go like... Great job. But like the idea that everything has been set back because it's not just lands that are wiped away and you have some cards in your hand. It's like everything has been wiped away and everyone's in top deck mode with little resources. And that's not even starting over the commander game where you have seven cards. That's like starting from a weird place that takes way too long.
1: Okay. My number two is chaos stuff. Not all chaos stuff, but certain ones like confusion in the ranks, scramble verse, thieves auction, knowledge pools, kind of similar. Listen, if you've got a reason and there's some kind of synergy going on where it's like, yep, it chaos is all you guys but not me, totally fine. But there's definitely been games and, and I, w- I won't call out by name, but there's people, a person in our play group who just played Confusion in the Ranks for fun and just sat nothing didn't have any way to take advantage of it <laughs> or you anything
0: nor in the warrior or anything like that
1: nope and so it was just like <laughs> yep this is this game's just gonna take forever because nothing anybody does is gonna do what they wanted to and like everyone was just miserable
0: those people that want to watch the world burn
1: yeah that <laughs> is like i just listen go ahead and win Iona me so that i can scoop or whatever but man if you're just gonna make the game just literally everyone's like okay i cast this what's in there okay I get, I'll, I'll take that from you then. Or whatever it is, like, ugh.
0: So it's only it's only chaos stuff that that affects the gameplay, affects the rules in that way. So like Gamble, you like Gamble. You like Chaos Warp. You like... Coin flippy stuff is totally fine. Okay,
1: yeah. It's the ones where it's like everything anybody's going to try and do, it doesn't do that. It does something random or something else. And there's no way to, like, uh, that the person who played this spell really has to, make that be an advantage for them Mm -hmm. if you play it as an advantage where it's like i'm screwing up everybody else's plans in a really weird way and for me i'm totally fine then that's cool because you're probably gonna win or at least maybe i get out from it but if it's just like i'm gonna play this thing and it's really just gonna grind the game to a halt for like five or six turns that's not my favorite yeah yeah i don't think they should be banned and go ahead and play them and i even built a chaos deck and this is where i learned it because i was doing it and i didn't like it (laughs) i was like oh this is gonna be awesome my whole deck's gonna be about chaos then I just realized that just creates four-hour-long games. That's no fun. That makes sense. Okay. Uh, Your third one is a jerk card for jerks, according to a friend of mine.
0: (laughs) My last card, jerk card for jerks, is Vornclex. Vornclex. Vornclex is a Praetor, the green Praetor, and it doubles your mana, and when your opponents tap their mana, it doesn't untap during their next untap step.
1: And little-known fact about Vornclex is that even if Vornclex dies... If your mana was tapped while it was around, it still doesn't untap during your next untap stack.
0: Yeah. It becomes way more obvious on, on Mitgo on Magic Online because there's like this little effect that goes on your lands. It's like, nope, that's not untapping.
1: Here's what you got to do if you have a removal spell, by the way. In uh, response to Vornclex being cast before it's entered the battlefield, while it's on the stack, float the mana, let mm-hmm. them land, and then use your Sword of plowshares Path to Exile, whatever, so that your lands will untap. If you don't happen to have untapped mana though, or a removal spell at hand, I'd have like
0: a board wipe or something, like uh, that uh,
1: ouch! Even the board wipe is probably sorcery speed, and like half your lands aren't going to untap. Yeah, which sucks.
0: I mean, that's that's actually the part that I really don't like about it. The mana doubling is fine. Like Regal Behemoth is like a great card. I love it. Uh, but it's the and Ferrari's even this wake. is this is even kind of a fair fair card. It's it can be interacted with. It's totally fine. Costs a bajillion mana. I just really hate the feeling that someone has to answer this at the table and that they get this big tempo disadvantage and they're the ones that kind of saved you. So one thing to get around this is that Vorniclex is a jerk card for jerks. But also the person that takes care of the Vorniclex for the rest of the table, you owe them. So like do them a favor and like don't attack them for a little bit. Give them a pass to be able to have their mana untap again and just focus your attention on the jerk player.
1: Two things I want to say here. Jerk card for jerks, we're calling it, because Mel Lee called it that in game nights. I don't (laughs) like actually calling people names because cards they play. That's a joke. Two, every time someone plays a Vorenklex, if I'm the one that's going to destroy it, I'm going to make a deal with them where I will only destroy it if they agree to what DJ said. And I am totally happy to lose that game and let it stick around if they're not willing to make that deal with me. Because fine, I'm not going to put myself at a disadvantage to kill that thing. It takes over the game. Yeah, and they're going to win. But if you're not willing to play ball as far as, like, give me a pass until I can untap these lands, then then that's fine. You're actually the real enemy here. And I'll let the Vorinclex player win. And I will toe that line forever because I'm t- perfectly happy to lose games for for to uh, establish that precedent. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, a lot of times, float the mana, kill it. No big deal. I don't yeah. know. Vorinclex again, doesn't make me that mad.
0: Card, it doesn't really make me mad, but I don't, you don't, play, I it. don't play it. You know
1: what's weird? I do not
0: own a Vorinclex. Do you have a desire to own a
1: No. So that's the thing is like, I'm not going to go out and just buy one because I don't really have a lot of desire. And I don't just happen to own one for whatever reason. I know that's not weird to a lot of people, but I do own most Magic cards and I just don't have one. And I've never been like, you know what I need? Vorderclix.
0: I own, I like Josh, I own most Magic cards too and almost every... Commander playable card, and I traded away my Vornclox.
1: And you don't have one still? I don't have one. We both don't own a Vornclox? That's just weird. Okay. I'm going to go to my third one, which is was mentioned by um, Sheldon. It's Paradox Engine. Undoubtedly very, very powerful. And I just don't... I think... I, I, I'm pretty sure this is true that I do not have it any longer in any decks. Hmm. I had it in um, Rishkar. That was great in that deck because you play a spell and all your guys are mana dorks, basically. Um, But I took that deck apart, and now my Paradox Engine is just sitting there and probably never will go into a deck again. I just don't feel the need to do that.
0: I have it in my um, corn Silver, Golem, All Artifacts deck. Because it uses so much mana ramp and like there's some combos in there anyway. Oh, it's anyways. Be sweet in that deck, yeah. And so it's just a fun big mana rock, and I like tapping in and tapping stuff. It's cool.
1: I love tapping on and tapping stuff, and I'm got no problem going infinite doing that in like the Tim deck and stuff. And for whatever reason, Paradox Engine, I just. It just feels too easy, and so I don't know why. I just don't play it. But
0: I think it entered into my Karn deck, because Karn is at a huge disadvantage being mono-brown, just like yeah.
1: colorless. So you're like, this deck is already going to be it's, weak, so... Exactly, yeah. and
0: I, I have a lot of decks like that where I'm like, okay, I'm going to have a powerful card in this deck because the whole way it's built is a little bit weaker.
1: Okay, so that's it. We're just going to talk about three cards. I couldn't actually think of very many. <laughs> I had to force myself, and that's why Paradox Engine is a repeat. But you have an interesting point you wanted to make here about how people should view you know, what we're talking
0: about. Yeah. I think that the the core of, of Sheldon's article is really strong. Where it's like, be critical of the cards that you don't play and the cards that are affecting your playgroup. There are sometimes cards that aren't even on this list that could be really imbalanced and toxic in your playgroup. Be really conscious of that and be conscious of the cards that make you happy when you play it and make you miserable when you play it. If Josh isn't having fun with the chaos cards, he takes them out of his deck. If he finds he's winning with, like I win with Craterhoof Behemoth too many times, I'm like, that's not fun anymore. I take it out of my deck. If you're aware of what's going on, not only in your own deck, but in your playgroup, you can make it better and have more fun.
1: You have an interesting point to here about uh, you use constant miss as an example. You want to talk yeah, about that? So I
0: want to talk about uh, one of my example. favorite
1: cards. How dare you? Yeah. Um,
0: and by the way, this isn't a thing. Don't play constant miss, but I use constant miss as an example because in some play groups, it literally shuts off creature strategies.
1: This is a fog that's repeatable should... because you can buy it back by sacrificing a land. So you and... can fog every turn at a certain
0: point. Exactly. And there's, there are some play groups where let's say Josh's favorite deck is the new lands deck. And he's got constant miss. And whenever he draws constant miss uh, player, Jimmy can never play his aggro deck or never play his Craig can never play his attacking infect deck. And it's That's why I play
1: that card, by the way.
0: Yeah, exactly. But it's just a (laughs) card that kind of has stifled the growth and the enjoyment of the play group. And it might be winning Josh games, but it might not actually be improving the play experience of your group. So what Josh might want to do is say, do you know what? I'm going to try and get that effect still to try and avoid dying to infect, but maybe I'll play arachnogenesis instead. Still a fog puts a bunch of spiders onto the battlefield. What's that counter
1: spell that has buyback? Um, Um, Forbid? Yes. There's a card I don't play.
0: Okay. There you go. Because it's
1: just feel bad, but constant miss is different because I feel like, Hey, listen, if you got to win through combat damage and you don't have a way around combat damage, that's your own fault if you don't have a way around me countering everything that's probably that might be my fault.
0: <laughs> yeah. But but that's in your but that's in your specific yeah, play exactly. group and some play groups where it's like no my it's an angel deck. I attack. And like your you have this thing that influences like you don't have to get rid of that effect just maybe switch it up to see how that see how that plays. Try a different effect to see if it's fun. See if there are cards that you do that maybe make a larger impact on the playgroup than you think because there's by no means is constant miss a broken card
1: yeah I, it's funny because uh at a gp once i was playing and i constant miss somebody when they attack me and they literally like pause for a second thought and they go man i'm trying to think if i have a single card in my deck that can beat constant miss i don't think i do and i was like okay that sucks so i wheel of fortune and him. I was like, okay, I'll discard constant so that your deck has a chance now.
0: But do you see what I mean? Like, that was yeah. you actively saying, I want a good game of magic, I so... Don't,
1: yeah, exactly. I don't want this person to feel like, well, I'm going to sit here, but there's no way for me to win. That's just That just doesn't feel good um, for anybody, really. So, I think, you know, the people that don't think in that manner and don't avoid cards sometimes and just say, like, well, I like this, so I don't care what anybody thinks. That's, you know, that's within your right to do. However, you're probably some percentage of you, some high percentage are the same people that email us constantly being like, my playgroup kills me first every time. Why?
0: (laughs) Probably why? I mean, if if I'm the angel deck and you're the one with constant mists in your deck, I might attack you first. Even if it's not in
1: that deck. Yeah. You're just that type of player that's not, doesn't care if I'm going to have fun. So why should I care if you're going to have fun? And that's kind of like turnabout's fair play. And I think that, listen, it's totally fine. You just got to get you got to be willing to take your lumps back if that's what you're doing. If you're going to play Winter Orb, you got to be willing for somebody to combo you out or whatever, like, you know, like I was saying, yeah. if, if, okay, if we're playing mean, that's totally fine. You just can't complain when everybody else plays mean. And playing mean could mean just attacking you first every time.
0: I think also that what happens is that when when you have that tension back and forth, sometimes the tension is good and it's fun. And you guys are like playing back and forth and then they're going to add Throne of the God Pharaoh to get around your stuff. And that's a great dynamic. But when that dynamic doesn't exist, then you're you have to think about the health of your playgroup. Um, and you could encourage that dynamic and be like, "Hey, like I got you a throne of the God Pharaoh for your deck. That's an active thing that's like, hey, like we're we're a good play group working together. We're gonna have more fun, And it's not always about winning and beating up with the other person,
1: yeah, I think that. and and in closing here, because we're getting pretty long, I do want to yeah. say also the the onus is on somewhat, not just the person playing the Armageddon, but the person who got the, get, is getting the Armageddon played on them. If you're going to just basically make the statement of, like, that card's a jerk card for jerks, mm-hmm. and I'm just going to, instead of trying to ever really beat it by what my deck is doing or what cards I'm putting in it, I'm just going to complain about it every time. You're also part of the problem. You should be like, oh, that's the type of effect that's going on. Let me find some cards that maybe should combat it. Now, that doesn't mean I like the card all of a sudden, but at the same time, like, just immediately going to writing that off as, like, that's a, that person's and that card's
0: Or combat it with conversation. If you say that's a jerk card for jerks, then, like, what's your response?
1: Are you calling me a jerk?
0: Exactly. Instead, it's like, <laughs> instead, if you have the conversation about it, you can sort of readjust your playgroup. An arms race where the person that, you know, buys the most expensive thing or like builds the next deck or does the next thing isn't always fun either. Right. By the way, sometimes it's really fun. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes. Well, like we just said we own really all magic idea.
1: cards. So for us, it's we're not. Like, we're like The Josh arms race is not like buying cards. It kills
0: it's- me and I'm like, I'm like, I'm going to trick this up a notch like, yeah do okay
1: that. well i'm gonna tune my deck to the, tonight next time we have commander night but i like that a lot i like that i like that But too. for a lot of people i totally understand like that would require them to buy a bunch of cards and maybe that's just not a thing you can do for yeah. us we just go open boxes and be like oh that card and this card it's different
0: yeah and it, and it makes sense when there's because commander is such a great format because so many different people play and you gotta if a person with a pre-con is in your commander group like think of them too because otherwise they're just gonna stop playing commander
1: all right to the listeners what cards uh, do you wish were out of your play group? Or Actually, I, I like this better. What cards do you not play with mm-hmm. that you know are good or whatever or, or just you don't play with them because you don't like the feeling when you play them? It's probably Paradox Engine. <laughs> For all of you out there that are a little bit obtuse and you're thinking, man, I need to buy some Paradox Engines because that card is really good, go to cardkingdom.com slash commandzone and use that affiliate link to order your cards. Or maybe you should order Crossing Grip. Ooh. to get rid of that paradox engine because man, there's nothing better than when your friend just has that smug look. They play their paradox engine like what do you, it doesn't <laughs> matter what you do. You know, I got force of will in hand and I'm um, even if you, you know, try and instant speed removal it, I'm going to be able to Josh, go off in response. It, they just flash yeah. it to you. They just show it, show it, to, it to you like, oh, I hate that when people just show it like, <laughs> are you going to concede? Yeah, no, just it resolves it cross and grip. Good night. Kingdom.com slash command zone. Also, if you want to buy any eclipse sleeves, you want to buy cool playmats, you want to buy all this Black Lotus themed stuff, Ultra Pro has it. You can find it at your LGS or at online retailers. Okay, now it's time for the end step where we talk about something cool outside the world of magic. I have something cool. So I did that. By the way, that
0: was half of the phrase. Something cool outside the world of magic. Sorry,
1: I have something cool, but it's inside the world of magic. (laughs) It's
0: okay. Yeah.
1: Once in a while, this happens. And so here's what's going to happen. I am... Have you heard of Pi Gow Magic? I have. Okay. First of all, we need to come up with a better name for it. So that's going to be part... That should have been the two of the listeners. I'm going to teach you all to play Pi Gow Magic. And then hopefully in the comments, we can come up with a better name for it. It's called Pi Gow because in casinos, there's a casino game Mm -hmm. called Pi Gow where you have three cards in your hands and there's a lot of um, draws. PyGal magic is something that I'm gonna teach DJ even though he know, already knows how to play, mostly to teach you all. It kind of replaces pack wars as a good way to open packs but play magic that's not sealed. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a really good way to like crack a booster box. You're gonna do that anyway to look for the cards that you want for your decks. You're looking for Assassin's Trophy or whatever else. But if you do it with a pal and you play the games, all of a sudden the booster box opening becomes a day of playing games
0: prize packs where you just have like three and you're like am i going to save these for a sealed or like no i don't want to go home yet let's let's play some magic
1: so dj and i are going to explain pie really quick and play a game of pie gow just so you can check it out uh, but we got to switch camera views so we'll, we'll go to that hey so if you're listening to this you're listening to the audio version of the podcast in which case Gameplay of PyGo Magic is not going to work for you because you can't see it. So, I'm just going to explain how it works really quickly, and then we'll go back to our regularly scheduled programming. PyGo Magic is very simple. Each player opens up one booster pack. You remove the land and the token, so you're left with 14 cards. Out of those 14 cards, you build four decks of three cards, and then you're going to play a game versus your other opponent for each of those decks. So, you'll play four separate games, except you start each game with five life. An infinite mana, and you can't be milled out, because your deck doesn't have any cards in it. You just draw the three cards at the beginning, and it's your three cards versus their cards. The best card is like Lava Axe, right? Because you just go first, you pay the mana, and five to the dome, and they they die. Or like a five-five with haste, or a five-power creature with haste. Very good, because it just, if you go first, you just play it and attack. But, things like Veiled Shade, that have uh, activated one in a black get plus two, plus two, or whatever, that's infinitely large. So, things that say draw two cards, those cards suck because you don't
0: have any cards in your deck. So <laughs> that's how you play Pi Gal. So so Josh, they didn't get to see the gameplay. Um, right. Can, can you just tell them who won?
1: DJ won. Yes!
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Try out Pi Gal, Come up with a better name for it. Tell us how it goes. All right. Back to the podcast. Okay, so that was PyGal Magic, but hopefully... You guys are going to help us come up with a better name for it. I really would like people to learn about this because it's a super fun one way to play. I teach people at GPs all the time. But if it's called Pi Gal, then Wizards can't really get behind it. <laughs> yeah. Because they can't be involved with gambling. So uh, I'm counting on all you guys. And also, I'm counting on you to go to Jumbo Commander on YouTube because that's DJ's YouTube channel. That's me. That's right. He has tons of deck techs. He has all kinds of, you're doing uh, Arena videos now. I did some
0: Singleton videos. Yeah, Arena's fun. And so I'm like, I'll just kind of try to stream this stuff and record it. Yeah, it's it's fun. And Hopefully Singleton on like Arena is sweet, yeah.
1: yeah. And DJ, of course, has deck builds, really cool deck builds on Arena. Mm-hmm. Also tells you things like when you should pick up certain cards of rotation, when they're going to be the cheapest. If you like the Command Zone and you're not subscribe- subscribed to uh, Jumbo Commander, that's just inconsistent. That doesn't make any sense. So go over there and subscribe, please. For consistency, Yeah. Please. For that doesn't make any <laughs> sense. Uh, and you should also check out The Masters of Modern, who are our sister podcast. Alex Kessler, Ben Bateman. They talk about the modern format and all things competitive magic. You can find them on uh, Twitter, at the MMCast, or right next to us at Company.
0: Our editor is Josh Murphy. Murph! And special thanks to Jeffrey Palmer for this beautiful days behind us. I, I know you've been enjoying the little birds floating behind our heads the entire time. Thank you. I, I think thinking of parts, Murmuring MPG. Mystic.
1: Yeah. Oh, sorry. At Living Cards MTD. That's right. on you. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. Bye, everyone. Peace. Thank you for your attention. For further inquiries, send an email to commandcast
0: at rocketjump.com. Or ask us on Twitter at J.F. Wong and at Josh Lee Kwai. See you later, alligator.
1: Greetings, humans. (laughs)